It's time for Lawyers for Jesus, a show about the dynamic and exciting interaction of faith and the law. Featuring the attorneys from the law firm Malkin Baker in downtown Chicago. Malkin Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and for serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker, an attorney and a partner with the law firm of Malkin Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys who focus on the body of Christ with its legal needs. To learn more about us, go to maukbaker.com, that's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com, or call 312-726-1243. In this time of great political division, we need the church to be unified. But that's the question, how? Today I will be speaking with Dan Cheely who is a lawyer by trade and the Director of Evangelization at the Church of St. Mary of the Angels in Chicago. Dan also has his own radio show on Relevant Radio in which he discusses family life and culture, bridging the gap between faith and everyday life. There's a lot more I could say about Mr. Cheely, former partner of mine, uh, Mauk, Balan, Cheely, and Baker at one time, uh, a very, very faithful man of God, a uh, very, very learned man of God. So, Dan, uh, it is my privilege to have you on the show today. Well, it's always good to see you, uh, uh, John, Rich, and, and everyone, and it's uh, it's an honor to be on your show. Thank you. Uh, John also was one of our partners, and uh, so what a, what a delight. All right, so I want to start right in because this show is going to go really, really quick. Um, Dan, what do you see going on between the church and culture today? Well, not uh, to be overly dramatic, it's war. <laughs> but, but it, I mean, basically, uh, the to a, a level that's been swelling uh, as as uh, to a storm level, you know, for for decades. Now it's it's a total uh, storm. Uh, there's an, a, an attack on the very uh, nature. Of Christianity and Christian um, belief, uh, especially as reflected in life, it's the question of you know whether or not we're a collection of chemicals surrounded by a body of some kind, uh, or whether or not, as the uh, Bible teaches us, we are children of God, created in the image of li- and likeness of God, for whom our end is meant to be God. Those are two dramatically different worldviews. And the uh, um, the non-Christian side has control over the levers of culture, uh, all the media and so forth. Well, and wait, so them. forth. Let's go into it a little bit more, and then we'll come back. Media is not the only leverage of culture that you're talking about here. It's all sorts of cultural manifestations. It would be the academy as well. Hollywood. I mean, you know, all kinds of things. I'd be the universities. Obviously, there's exceptions, and even within different universities. But yes, I mean the prevailing worldview is essentially a materialistic worldview. All right, we'll break that down a little bit for our listeners. Materialistic worldview—it sounds very philosophical. What do you mean by that? Basically, it goes like this: If I can't eat it, drink it, sleep with it, uh, you know, I, I don't need it. Okay, it's it's that kind of thing. It's that again, we're a collection of impulses and chemicals that are here just by accident. So you might as well grab what you can because pretty soon it, it's it goes back to the you know uh, Epicurean uh, at best. Okay, ideal uh, eat today because tomorrow we die. So sort of like the the old beer commercials, uh, live with all the gusto you can. 
Sort of. It's not even that good. It's live with all the stimulation you can. I mean, even gusto is is a little bit spiritual as far as they're concerned. So, well, uh, with, all right, with your Italian background, I'll give that to you. Yeah. All right, well, let's go on. On so, all right, so we're in a war. Mm-hmm. Uh, the forces, the, uh, the secular forces, seem to have the ascendancy right now in terms of cultural levers. Right. Uh, what do we do about it? What What are you? Th- what are your thoughts? And what is the church doing about it? And how do we move forward? Well, okay. The key is uh, Jesus Christ, as it is with everything. Uh, we can't look at Jesus as a theory, or even as just a historical figure. Uh, we or a great teacher, a great even. teacher. No, right. I mean, Jesus. All Christians, all true Christians, believe is the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, we have to not only just believe that intellectually, we have to plug into that, okay? We have to really cultivate uh, uh, interior life, a very deep, real, very personal relationship with him. It's a two-way street. I mean, we talk to him and we also listen to him, which is very important, so that uh, uh, Jesus becomes not just an intellectual proposition in which we believe, but someone whom we really know, love, and follow. You know, I'm, I'm hearing this, and, and I, I have a script that I want to follow, but you've talked about the interior life, and I'm going to want to go a little bit into what that means to you, because it is such an essential part of how on earth we're going to move ahead in, in the times that we're Absolutely. in. Absolutely. Key. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker of the law firm of Malk and Baker. If you're just tuning in, make sure to visit MalkBaker.com to hear the rest of this interview. You can also subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for legal updates with a biblical perspective. Today, I'm speaking with Dan Cheely uh, of Relevant Radio, a uh, 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 Brilliant attorney, f- former litigator, now retired, uh, former partner of mine. Dan, let's go in a little bit more. You mentioned the interior life. Tell me about what that means and how you practice that and how that enters into your spiritual warfare that you're doing. Okay, I think the people listening to this program probably know a lot about it. So I, I don't know how basic I have to get. Okay, but. Uh, it starts at the, the most basic point of all, which is that uh, Jesus is real. Okay, he's by real I mean he's alive, and that's not just some kind of um, experience of wannabe. <laughs> you know, that means that Jesus really did burst out of that tomb, and, and, and he lives, and he will never die again. Okay, you could he sees us, he hears us, he talks to us, we talk to him. That has to be a reality. And there has to be a reality that's not just something that we believe, like we believe in Springfield is the capital of Illinois. It has to be something that uh, uh, we are in contact with him. We pray to him. We worship him every day so that he is our reference point. We read his words. I think uh, reading the, uh, the New Testament, reading the Bible, I mean, is, is an essential part of any real interior life, because uh, as St. Jerome uh, said, you know, ignorance of the scriptures is ignorance of Christ. I mean, those are Christ-preserved words. Uh, those are uh, the words of the Holy Spirit. We have, to, uh, uh, we have to be familiar with them. We have to know them so that we know better you know, what God wants of us. We have to respond to him. You we know, have to respond I, to him as real human beings. And as you say that right now, I'm really working with it. Not only do I need to know them, I need to believe them. Oh, right. 
I mean, and belief is is actually stepping out on them and living yeah. by them. Absolutely. And risking by them. Right, right. No, it's a question of who is your God? Okay, what do people say that, who do people say that I am? Right. Okay, now if we say, oh, what are the greatest figures in history? Yes, but, I mean, that's not enough. I mean, uh, Napoleon. A prophet. Napoleon, right, even a prophet. A prophet is doesn't do it the complete justice. Yes, he is a prophet, but he's much more than a prophet. And, and that reality is indeed meant to be transformative. It's, it's not even, it's this very special kind of relationship. It's a penetrating relationship. It's a transforming relationship. He describes it vines and branches. He's the vine. We have to be the branches. And that can't just be an external adherence. That has to be a deep, you know, personal communion, okay, between uh, our Lord and each one so that it becomes, again, our staff of life, our bread of life, our reality. I'm going to throw you a bit of a curve that's that's not in our script, but um, it seems to me it's more than believing and it's more than reading his word. How do we listen not just read his word and not just tell him what we're thinking about, but how do we listen for him to speak to us? Uh, first of all, okay, our Lord uh, himself, Jesus Christ, gave some good advice on this. He said, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and talk to your father in secret. And I think there's got to be an element of that in the real life, in the daily life of people who want to follow him. We, we all need, we, like, we can study about Christ, and we can even read the Bible, okay? But that's a little bit different than going into uh, a quiet place and being uh, in direct communion with God, saying, my Lord, my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. And then start opening up your soul to him. And oftentimes what I do, okay, uh, because we all, given that we're human and little and weak, you know, we run short of what to say. Okay, it's nice to have like a little spiritual book by the side, say maybe the Bible or, or some other spiritual book, which acts as a kind of a spiritual stimulus. We say we read, say we read a little passage from Proverbs. And then we pray about it. And then we also listen for a bit and see what our Lord is planning in our mind. And he will plant all kinds of things in our minds. I mean, he does love us, not just, again, like I love ice cream or the White Sox. He loves us as a father loves a child. And so he will communicate with us. Now, but we one thing that's helpful to this, too, is we have to make an effort to cleanse ourselves from you know whatever is blocking his life inside us so whatever is not god that we're doing we got to repent of that we got to you know throw throw that aside and tell god we're sorry about that and have a purpose of amendment on it try to do better you know dan there's something that you're saying that that in my practice of trying to learn to be quiet so i can hear him coming with that basic understanding that beginning with god loves me is, is so basic. Uh, coming up, we will talk further with relevant radio host Dan Chuley about cooperation with the body of Christ and how churches can be more effective in sharing the gospel. I'm Rich Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio.
Hi, this is Pastor McCracken, pastor of the Church of Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in Markham, Illinois. For the last four years, our church has been struggling to overcome the city's efforts to shut us down. In the midst of all of our legal issues, we felt overwhelmed and discouraged. All we wanted to do was worship the Lord and serve our community. We needed a law firm that not only had the knowledge of the law, but the same commitment of the kingdom of God. The Lord connected us with the law firm of Malcolm Baker. The attorneys at Malcolm Baker have not only provided us with exceptional legal representation and counsel, but have also provided us with the added gift of lawyers who pray with us and seek the guidance of the Lord at every step. After working with Malcolm Baker, we can't imagine working with anyone else. If your church or ministry has any legal needs, please call us, 312-726-1243, or look us up online at maukbaker.com. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker, an attorney with the firm of Mauk and Baker, a law firm based in Chicago, which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals and their legal needs. If you missed the first part of this show and want to listen online, go to maukbaker.com forward slash radio. Today, I'm speaking with relevant radio host, Dan Cheely. I, I always stumble over that because he's my former law partner and uh, uh, just a brilliant man. Uh, Dan... We've been talking a little bit about the war of culture going on between the church and our society. Uh, we talked a little bit about the necessity of an interior life, listening to God, um, knowing his love for us. So, Following him. And following him. So take me a step further. Explain to me the term spiritual ecumenism and how it applies to us. Well, there's a phenomenon going on. Uh, that's been going on really since, uh, well, at various levels, okay, starting in the 30s and reaching a swell in the uh, early 60s of ecumenism, where the churches are drawing closer together. Whereas before, like say starting in the Reformation, it was, you know, it was a war. I mean, and I come from a family where half my family is Protestant, half my family is Catholic, and there were wars. I mean, you know, it was really something. But uh, that's kind of gone uh, the way of the buffalo nickel. Okay, uh, and it's in, in two different directions, though. That's the interesting thing. Uh, there is what uh, I, I call, uh, for want of a better word, and I, and I don't like using these terms that much, but uh, there's a spiritual ecumenism, okay, and then there's a secular ecumenism. I'll use those terms rather than political terms. A spiritual ecumenism is when now— we realize, those of us who really believe that Jesus is God, that Jesus is the Savior of the world, that he is goodness incarnate, he is God incarnate, all of us, that's a lot. I mean, it, those of us who believe in, say, the creeds, the historic creeds, the Nicene Creed, and that really is all three major forms of Christianity, Catholic, Protestant, and Orthodox, we all believe in, the, in, say, the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed. Now, if I mean, really believe in it. Now, each of those terms is, is what a modernist would call way out. You know, God from God, true God from true God, light from light, begotten, not made. I mean, that's those, that's, those are amazing statements. Okay. Now, true Christians believe in that. And as a result, following that and getting realizing the implications of that, especially in a culture that's hostile, as we get closer to God by necessity, because as the old saying goes, there are no atheists in foxholes, we also are getting closer to each other. 
and I, you see this a lot in, uh, in the pro-life movement. I mean, uh, Christians. I, I was thinking of when I uh, the march that takes place in January here in Chicago. Right. Um, you see all your friends there. Well, Catholic, you see Protestant Orthodox. You really do. And then you see your other friends in, in the lines outside screaming at you. So. Also, Catholic Protestant, <laughs> maybe not Orthodox, but right. yeah, that's right. You know, you know, and really, and that's the difference. See, then there's what I call secular humanism, which is, oh, this stuff doesn't make no much difference. It's all a question of different customs. I mean, you like to and wear- religion gets in the way to our unity. That's part of the secular humanism as well. Or right, right. You know, oh, it caused all these wars and stuff like that. You know, is 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 the uh, the narrative. That if you turn on, uh, you know, uh, some of the cable news networks and so forth, that's what you'll hear. You know, like a uh, religion, uh, fill in the blank, you know, cause this, that, and the other. Not mentioning that religion also freed the slaves, okay, and did all sorts of things. Built the hospitals, you know, built the universities, created them, okay, never mentioning any of that. Doing more charitable work than any other institution in the world, never mentioned that, okay. It's just part of, indeed, often the Marxist narrative, okay, to caricature the worst elements of of people who uh, mouth religious uh, platitudes or doctrines and characterize that as religion, okay, kind of the English atheist, you know, type of thing. So there's an ecumenism there, uh, of people who said none of this really matters. So what? What does it? You know, uh, if you're of a, a Protestant background and I'm a Catholic background, it's all nonsense anyway. So who cares, really? Let's get beyond that. Exactly. All right. Well, so so let's go in. So you've now named these two kinds of ecumenism. What does it matter, and where are we going with these? How do these enter into this war that you're talking about? Actually, they're both uh, tools of the different fronts in the war. The spiritual ecumenism becomes a discovery and often a very enriching and happy discovery that our brothers and sisters who attend different Christian churches are indeed really, for the most part, our brothers and sisters. Because when when you look at it, all and when I when I use the term Christian, I, I I mean people who really believe in this stuff. Okay, I don't mean people of a background. Okay, like uh, uh, someone who came from a Christian background and is now uh, uh, you know uh, a uh, drug pusher or something like that. I mean somebody who uh, actually believes in the words of the creed. I really believes them. Uh, we believe in all of us, seventy-five to eighty percent of the same stuff. I mean, let's face it. Okay, if we believe that Jesus is God, that He atoned for all of our sins, that uh, uh, the Bible is inspired, that there is a a, a, a life after death, that uh, that Jesus is the way to that life after death. All Catholics, Protestants, and Orthodox who really believe in this stuff believe that. That's a lot of stuff. Okay, that's the most important stuff. I mean, we're doing it as as a high school exam. I mean, they all get a passing grade. Okay. Now, on the other hand, if you don't, if you say, oh, these things are very interesting, these are interesting, uh, various attempts to uh, probe the meaning of life, uh, oh, then now let's take out our Ouija board and figure it out. Okay, if, if, if it's all just so many spirits, charms, and spells, okay, if it's all just a community, okay, an ersatz community, community without any form or without any boundary, then what it does, it allows 
those people who are uh, lured into that to be homogenized into the dominant culture. And then they end up taking the presuppositions and the way of life of that predominant culture. And Jesus gets put to the background. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker of the firm of Malk and Baker. And we're talking with relevant radio talk show host, Dan Cheely. Dan, all right. So we've got these two things going on. How do you see the war going? Where do you think we're going uh, with regard to the uh, spiritual ecumenism that we're involved in? Well, I, I think you, know, you and I have experienced it. Um, how much, when there is real interior life, when uh, Christians of whatever church are truly seriously trying to get close to Christ, spending the time with him, listening to him, following him, learning what he says, learning that he's an objective reality, not a subjective one. That's somebody that we can dress up like a Barbie doll any way we want. And we follow him. He doesn't follow us. He's not our Barbie doll. We're his children. Okay. Uh, it would, if, when we do that, we, we then find ourselves united on so many fronts. And we also find ourselves refreshed by the true experience of brotherhood and sisterhood that we feel. I, I have to interrupt you right there for a second. Um, and I feel this very strongly. I'm an Anglican. You're a Catholic. Uh, a very devout Catholic. Um, and yet we have worked so closely together and, and are so aligned. And there's an experience. And as a Catholic, you may even flinch when I tell you this story. So my my broker invited me to a luncheon, and it was a Catholic luncheon, and there was a priest there. What do Catholics do whenever they gather? They have Eucharist. I mean, it's right, just— Right. It's, it's, it's our thing. It's, it's, <laughs> it's what we do. So, so I do asked— a memory of me. I asked in advance. I said, I understand that as, as, a, as a non-Catholic or Roman Catholic— um, I may not be able to partake in that. And I understand that and I accept that. But ask the priest if I could. And this particular priest said yes. So I remember standing in line and I heard the Spirit of God speak to me and he said, you may not take this communion if you ever speak ill of your brothers mm. again. Mm. And, and I took that admonition as wow. seriously as I could. You cannot do this thing of unity that is, is the Lord's Supper if you are then going to spread disunity among God's people. Mm. And, and uh, I've taken that very, very seriously. So let, let's move on a little bit on, on this. Well, let me follow up on that. Okay. Because I don't think your experience there, the, the, the spiritual insight that you got, is anything uh, unique in the sense that you're the only person that experienced Oh, I'm sure that's true. I, I, I know like some of our very, very close friends, uh, friends that whenever we get together, you know, the evening goes fast. We're, we're talking about God and the things of God, either evangelical Christians. And the unity that we have that they share uh, is much deeper than people, uh, uh, than that which we have with people who are nominal Catholics, say, who don't really believe in this stuff. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, they believe in a little bit. Okay. But it's not the motor of their lives. And for Christ, he's got to be the motor of our lives for Christians. Uh, Dan, we have only begun to scratch the very, yeah. very surface of this. Uh, I want my listeners to know how to hear a little bit more of, of what you're doing and how to get a hold of you and, and of your program. Give us some details on it. Okay, well, my program is on Relevant Radio. That's uh, uh, in the Chicagoland area. It's a nine five zero on the AM dial or nine three zero if you're in the far west southwest side, uh, and uh, it's on from Saturdays from uh, twelve to one in Chicagoland, and it's nationwide. It plays in about forty states from 
12 to 1 on Sundays, and then from 10 to 11 on Sundays. Uh, these are all central times. And you can get it on podcast anytime. I mean, you get it 24 hours a day. So what, what are they going to look at it on podcast to get it for me? Uh, they would could go to iTunes, okay, or they can go to the relevant radio website, uh, and they could uh, say, uh, you know, uh, the Dan Sheely Show, C H E E L Y, and they'll find me. I also have a Facebook page for the show. You can see what I'm going to put on the show each each time, so it's it's there. Uh, if you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or at MalkBaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Visit our website and subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter with legal updates or call us and mention Lawyers for Jesus for a free consultation. Thanks for listening. I'm Rich Baker, attorney at Malkin Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. You're gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody.